Hey everyone, this amazing ESO Network show is brought to you by our fine sponsor, Amazon.com. Please remember to shop Amazon for all your geeky needs, no matter what time of the year it is. All you need to do is go to ESOPodcast.com slash ESOAmazon. Or click on the Amazon banner on the ESO Network webpage to go to our e-store. It's the best way to shop and the best way to support this program, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Okay, that's enough of me babbling for now. Now on with your regular scheduled show. Hi, this is Mark. Congratulations. You have found this amazingly awesome show. Chances are you're listening to it right now on whether it's iTunes or Stitcher Radio or some other mobile app that allows you to stream this amazingly awesome show to your ear holes. And I can't stress how awesomely amazing this show really is. But did you know that you can also catch the latest episode of this show on the Tangibound Network? That's right. Go check out tangiboundnetwork.com. You can look them up and you can listen to it right there. It's even mobile friendly. What more could you ask for? which means you can pull it up on your iPhone or your Android, even your Windows phone. Yeah, who has one of those? But still, point remains, you can do it. You can do it. Check it out, tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. Check it out. I'm Chris Farrell from the official GunnaGeek.com podcast, a proud member of the GunnaGeek Network, just like the show you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, it's a summer movie preview as we analyze the biggest films with our thoughts on the potential big winners, box office bombs, and movies to look out for in the next few months. All this, plus the ladies from the Wine, Women, and Words join us as they interview writer and storyteller Lynn Rymars, plus clips from the Morning Monitor, another great song from Plasma Z, and more. So sit back and relax as we arrive at our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry, that quivering blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another edition of the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We are truly, truly happy that you are back listening to us once again. We are on every week, Friday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, on the Podcast Radio Network. If you get a chance, check us out there or on any one of our numerous downloading options, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Mixcloud, Podcast.com, the ESO Network, the Tangibound Network, and the Gunna Geek Network as well. And if you download us, we always throw in an extra little podcast in there for you just to make sure it's something special if you try to download our show or also as well the Pop Culture Cosmos Show. It's the number one show on the Podcast Radio Network, and it can be heard at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Pacific on the Podcast Radio Network on Monday nights as well. I'm here along with my good friend, he is the man, the myth, the legend. He is the creator and mastermind behind Humanican Media. It's Josh Peterson. How are you, my friend? 
Good, good, man. Just uh, keeping busy, doing my thing, making podcasts, you know, making making the world spin. There you go. And in making the world spin, what exactly are you up to with your evil creation known as <laughs> Humanican Media? Doing the morning monitor, which I try to do every morning. What about this? Uh, the Super Bro Station Games cast, and there's couple more things coming down the pipeline, but I uh, you know, just got to put my schedule together so I don't overwork myself. And of course, well, I, the pop culture cosmos, you know. This, this is true as well. But I, I wanted to add a real quick story. Uh, tell everyone out there about the story about the missing documents, missing book that you uh, just recently found. Oh, yeah. I uh, booted up one of my old computers today, my old laptop. And uh, it's weird. It's the one I've been using on the morning monitor to uh, read news articles, but I just went looking through my documents and apparently I wrote a book a couple years ago. I think this was like right after I finished Vendetta Dark, I started working on something else, but I had completely forgotten that I wrote this thing. So I've been working on it. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to put it out. It's finished. I just, I'm sprucing it up a bit and then I'll, uh, you guys will be able to read it. It's called the conjurer's daughter. That might not be the final title, but uh, you know, you'll know soon. Definitely, indeed. Looking forward to that as well as far as the missing book uh, of one, Josh Peterson. And that's uh, something to look forward to, indeed. Well, we truly appreciate you listening to us. And big shout out for Always Green Synthetic Turf and Putty Greens and also Rob McCallum Films and Retro City Games, our wonderful sponsors, indeed. Well, it's a great show we got for you today. We got a great song coming up from Plasma Z. Got the Wine, Women, and Words. They're interviewing storyteller and author Lynn Rymars. We've got The Morning Monitor, what Josh was just talking about a little while ago. We're going to play some clips from them as well. But it is a summer movie preview because right around the corner is the summer box office movie season, which starts in the first weekend of May. So we're going to break down each and every month for you, May, June, July, and August for you on today's show. There are some things that we really want to talk about as far as uh, movies to look out for. Also as well, what about the big hits out there and some films that we think may not meet expectations. So we'll cover all of that and more on today's show. And we, again, truly appreciate you listening to us out there. But let's get started because May is right around the corner. In fact, the first weekend in May kicks off everything in the summer box office movie season. And what better way to do it with another Marvel potential hit out there which is this year is going to be Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And my question to you, Josh, real quick, what are your thoughts about going into Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2? Do you have some really good vibes going in? And do you think it'll exceed not only the first one's take when it came out? Because i got to remember when it out there, it came out in August, a little bit later in the summer originally. But also, as well, do you think it's going to exceed that $1 billion dollar plateau worldwide and become that big box office hit that disney and marvel clamor for so often each and every year and and obviously with a with a third that was just announced that's going to be coming on the way it's it's nice to see that that's going to happen but what are your thoughts on guardians of the galaxy volume two i'm predicting that it's going to be the most profitable marvel film of the year the, the last one, nobody really knew what to expect from it. It's kind of a low-key Marvel franchise. Mo- most fans knew what it was because of the uh, X-Men series in the 90s, or they actually read the comic books. And I think James Gunn took a property that was actually really good for him and his style of filmmaking. He took a 
property that nobody liked or not not didn't like but didn't really know much about and he turned it into basically box office gold for marvel so i'm expecting it to be really good i listened to the soundtrack and i think that's what one of the things that contributed heavily to the first movie they released the soundtrack i heard some of the songs and yes i i like it i felt the nostalgia i felt during the first one and Besides that, I haven't really looked too much into it. I like to go into these movies and be, and be surprised at what I'm watching. Uh, there, there's a lot of new characters they're exploring, including uh, Ego the Living Planet. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of stuff here. I'm sure we'll, we'll hear something about Thanos. Who, who knows? But, um, yeah, I'm excited about it. I think that it'll do – I think it's going to do really great numbers for Marvel. I think it'll do great numbers as well, beyond a billion dollars. But I'm not sure if it's going to quite match up to – Captain America Civil War, but even if it, that's the case, it's still going to do gangbusters at the box office, and I think for the summer, it will probably be possibly the biggest hit of, of the summer, indeed. I think also as well, Alien Covenant is something we need to take a look at. Do you think that will perform, or do you think that people after previous Alien films and whatnot, and Prometheus, do you think they're a little bit tired of the Alien franchise? I don't think they're tired of the Alien franchise as much as they're not really appealing to a modern audience very well. Cause a lot of people who probably went to see Prometheus were, were like us. Like we, we know and love the original alien movies. Let's not talk about uh, alien three, but you know, we, we, we're diehard fans of those movies. We love them. We kind of, you know, in a way grew up with them. So is uh, we, we were excited to see it. We're excited to see more. But the problem that they're going to be facing is how are they going to draw modern audiences, like younger generations, into this franchise. Prometheus was good. I like Prometheus personally, but I can see why it left a, a bitter taste in people's mouths. But, yeah, really the trick is not the fact that the movie's going to be good or bad. It's, the, it's how are they going to draw people into it. You, you know what I mean? Definitely, Dita. I still think it might uh, – it'll have a, a pretty strong first weekend in, but I, I'm not sure if it'll hold, especially be going into the Memorial Day weekend, which is usually a big uh, audience for moviegoers. But I, I'm not sure if it's going to hold well because there's a, a lot of good movies that are going to be coming around right around that time, including Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales. So your thoughts on that film, because I really think that uh, you've gotten me really warmed up as far as that film. And I see a lot more promise than they did maybe two, three weeks ago in regards to that film becoming a big hit. It's funny because I, I went back recently and I, I watched the four Pirates movies and one, two and three. I probably rank it one, three and then two as far as my favorites go. And the fourth one is just really bad. I, I I don't know, like, at the time... I know we talked about this before, and I, I said that I liked it, but after watching it recently, I don't know why I liked it. I think that I was just kind of riding that high from the last Pirates movie, hoping it would be good. But it, it's not... I see number four not really as a... It wasn't good. To me, it wasn't good either. It wasn't good. It feels more like a side quest, a Johnny Depp side quest than a movie that belongs in the, you know, the main set of films. It's kind of like, um, I don't know, I guess you say Rogue One and Star Wars, though Rogue One was actually good. But, yeah, it's kind of like that. But uh, if you've been watching the trailers, I know we've talked about this, but it would seem that both Orlando Bloom and Kira Knightley are back for this one. So what everyone's talking about is that this is going to be the lead-up into a new trilogy that will finally close 
the original three movies is what the internet is saying. So I, I'm I, the the trailer looks good. The the reviews coming out of uh, CinemaCon have all were all really positive for what the people got to screen of the film. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm hoping that there won't. The one thing I do hope they change is I hope they like do something that gives Barbosa his leg back because I think that was the worst part about the last movie was that he was had only one leg. But, uh, you know, I can rant about that. Anyways, I'm excited about it. I, I think that's going to do great numbers for Disney. It's, uh, you know, I, I think it's going to give, uh, what, Spider-Man a run for its money. So we'll, we'll just have to see, man. I'm excited. Well, last time they had Johnny Depp in the Memorial Day box office weekend, uh, that was with the Alice in the Wonderland sequel, and that underperformed in the box office. So let's hope this time around things will be a lot better. But you're right. You're right. Uh, with Spider-Man Homecoming virtually coming you know, very soon right after it, it might be a tough go definitely for, for Pirates of the Caribbean after its initial weekend run. I like some of his other projects, but he really only plays one character that – America knows and or the world knows and loves and that's Jack Sparrow. So, you know, it's it's a gift and a curse, I guess. But I, I'm still looking forward to it now more than I have been because I think I would like you, I was pretty much negative after watching that fourth film because I just thought it was really disappointing and I thought it, it sent a bad message on where the the series is heading, but gotten a little bit more into it and I'm I'm hoping for the best as far as uh, Javier Bardem becoming a bad guy as far as maybe being a, a way to really kickstart the franchise once again for, for Pirates of the Caribbean. And last but not least, I want to ask you, what is your surprise for the month of May? Before I tell you mine, I want to go ahead and hear yours because I think I already know it already, but I want you to tell everybody out there, what are your thoughts on which film may surprise for the month of May? I, I ha- You know what I'm going to say. I'm going to say King Arthur. I, I'm a... Guy Ritchie is my absolute favorite filmmaker around today. So I, I've religiously watched all of his movies and I am stoked about King Arthur because he just has this style of like grit and really well-written dialogue, lots of fast talking. And he has, cause I, I think that it had anyone else made a King Arthur movie, it would not have been that good, but I'm seeing this and I'm super excited about it absolutely thrilled to watch something like this so i i mean what what tell me what talk about yours for me it's actually going to be something surprising uh, i i know you're going to be probably laugh when you hear this but baywatch and i say this only because of one reason one reason alone that's the rock the rock right now is on a high as far as being the box office king right now going on as far as all the stuff that he's been doing seems to strike gold with audiences so right now i'm focusing on the actual uh, presence of him in the film as opposed to the film itself and i really think that at least it will do pretty good numbers i think at least initially because of the weight that he carries right now with audiences whether or not it's a good movie i think he's able to right now he's as much as tef- film teflon as you can get because even if he has bad critical movies uh it's still going to well, yeah, you're right. As far as that's concerned as well, it looks like he's got a long career going in, at least for another two films with the Fast and Furious series and, and a lot of things going on there because that's now a big hit indeed. But I really think uh, that Baywatch is going to propel The Rock at least forward even more. I think it's going to surprise people as far as how well it does just because of The Rock's name, not because of the movie itself. What are your thoughts out there as far as for the month of May? Let us know. Pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com 
or Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanican Media, or Game Source on Facebook or Twitter. You can let us know your thoughts about May, June, July, or August, indeed. Just let us know your thoughts on the summer box office movie season. We'd, we'd really love to hear your thoughts, indeed. Well, it's going to be a great show. Like I said, we've got the morning monitor. We've also got the wine, women, and words. But right now, coming up, it's Duskwalker from Elijah Harrison, better known as Plasma Z, right here on the PCC Multiverse. That was Dust Walker by Plasma Z. Check out all of his great tracks today on SoundCloud. Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. Hey, everyone. If you're in the Southern California area and are looking for the best way to improve your home, look no further than adding some always green synthetic grass today. Whether it's creating that awesome backyard that's kid and pet friendly or that putting green to work on your golf game, Always Green provides installation and landscaping with only American-made products 
such as their famous synthetic turf with advanced drainage technology and backed by a 15-year warranty that will have your yard looking great for a very long time. Always Green also installs retaining walls, custom lighting and driveways, and the most beautiful stone walkways. So if you live in the Southern California area, what are you waiting for? Financing is also available, so call for a free estimate today. 714-614-7814. That's 714-614-7814. Or stop by their store at 16772 Wanda Circle in Huntington Beach. And get your home looking great with Always Green Synthetic Turf and Putting Greens. A proud sponsor of Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanican Media, and the PCC Multiverse Channels. The Morning Monitor brings you up to speed on the latest pop culture information. As to whether Luke is the last Jedi, they say in The Force Awakens he's going to find the last Jedi temple, and Luke is the last Jedi. Okay, see this is funny because when it comes to Star Wars, we we love to overanalyze things. When it comes to everything life in general but especially yes, like especially Star Wars, things like Star Wars. the moment that trailer went up there were like just hundreds of reaction videos yeah did you people. see that part where that? the well, ship turned a 90 degree angle left so so this must mean that Jar Jar Binks is still floating oh. in an asteroid somewhere and he's the Sith and Lord he's the Sith Lord see I my thing I love the trailer why was that ever an option that was blown out of proportion. Yeah, Jar Jar Binks, guys, come on. Jar Jar Binks. Jar Jar Binks. This is see. This is Star Wars has created such a large fandom that people are willing to make these conspiracies. People, their minds just wander. Like I've sat in full on conversations with people talking about like who they think the Sith Lord is. Blah blah blah. Have these conspiracies, these theories, whatever. Yeah. But see, I love Star Wars, but I hate analyzing Star Wars. I hate like. I hate doing reaction videos to Star Wars things because I don't want to think about it. I want to be surprised. I want to I, go to the movie theater. I, I want enjoy to watch it. it. Yeah. And I don't want to know. I don't even Anything. want to speculate on yeah. it. I just want to walk in and be just completely blown away. Because we, yeah. we live in a great time right now. If you think about like our parents and that generation, they went to see the original Star Wars. And then basically for... 30 years they just had a desert of nothing. I mean, don't even count the prequels because those are massive disappointments. Desert of nothing. It's still nothing. And now we're, we're reached a point where we're getting new Star Wars every year. Every year. Just about. And Pretty if not, much. there's like a game coming out or something. And so, I mean, I feel like I can even speak for them when I say, just let us experience the movie. Let's not let's not analyze it. Let's not talk it, about it's it. It's all right to, to, to look into like the different... like. I don't know, geographical things of like planets being in different areas and like learning what like it's about, but don't like think about the future yeah, of Star Wars. Like it's it's okay to it's, talk. Like I'm okay talking about the trailer. Like I can say, hey, yeah. I like the trailer. It's cool. Blah blah blah. But like this whole thing, like the last Jedi, I can see where the mix up came from. Like they thought that that means the Jedi are done. And, you know, you have the trailer and Luke's just whining. He's like, oh, the Jedi need to die. Like that. <laughs> I really hope that the movie is not full of Luke Skywalker whining because we have enough whining characters in movies as it is. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? Okay, auditions for the new Earth Station Who co-host. Take one, go ahead. Hello, Stonehenge, who takes the Pandora Cup? takes the universe, but 
Bad news everyone, cause guess who, ha, listen, you lot you're always ing about, it's really very distracting, could you all just stay still a minute because I am talking. Not too shabby, can you close this up? Earth Station Who, a fun mashup celebrating over 50 years of the Doctor Who universe, you never know where the TARDIS is going to go next, Earth Station Who podcast can be found at www.earthstationwho.com. Earth Station Who is a proud member of the ESO Network. We are up on Facebook, iTunes, Stitcher Radio or wherever fine podcasts are found. Peace and we are done. Did I pass the audition? We'll get back to you. Next. All right, and we're back with the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you listening out there. And thanks so much for, for checking us out here on the PCC Multiverse. We're back with our extensive summer movie preview. But right now we've got a great thing to talk about. And that is the month of June. And it all starts off with Wonder Woman. I know you and I have said some great things about Wonder Woman indeed. But what are your thoughts at this time? Do you think it is still set up strongly as far as for box office success? Or do you think that it might be a little bit overwhelmed with uh, the crowded movie universe that is the summer box office movie season? I'm sorry. I'm still trying to get over the fact that you said Baywatch was going to be a good movie. It's going to be interesting. I think that if Captain Underpants outperforms Wonder Woman, they might actually induct him into the Justice League instead of her. (laughs) Well, that's a good point indeed, because Captain Underpants comes out also on June the 2nd, but I have a feeling Wonder Woman will perform pretty good, at least for the for the short term. And I hope seriously that it is a very good movie indeed. But do you think it's going to reach the, that magical milestones as far as, uh, uh, you know, maybe Batman versus Superman? Or do you think it's going to be able to reignite the, uh, a positive image for the DC movie franchise? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think that it, they were smart and they kind of – started going with Wonder Woman. They're going after a market that Marvel failed to capture because Marvel fans all, I know we've talked about this before. Marvel fans have always wanted a black widow movie. uh, Yeah. Black widow movie. And they've never got it. So like the female Marvel fan has always kind of felt cheated over this. So I think that making Wonder Woman was a good idea because now the people who wanted to see black widow are probably going to be, you know, they, they're they going to get that fulfillment out of Wonder Woman, and that might bring a whole new fan base to the DC universe. And I think that this movie, it, it will outperform Batman vs. Superman. I think people will come out of it less with a stale taste in their mouth because there's it's not like a, it's not, it doesn't look like it's going to be a cluster of, you know, what is this that I'm watching? I think that it, it has a solid, it looks like it's got a solid storyline, solid acting. Uh, it, it really, at this point, there's not enough known about Wonder Woman, like as far as her like her story goes. It's, it, she's not Batman or Superman, so people don't really know enough about her to say, oh, hey, we hate this movie. There's not a lot of pressure, not a lot of expectations, and I think that's working in their advantage. Do you think it might be damaged quite a bit by The Mummy? Because that comes out one week later. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think it'll severely impact Wonder Woman sales? I don't think so. I, I'm i hoping The Mummy will be good, but I don't think it's going to capture the numbers that Wonder Woman is going to end up doing. It's going to be interesting because I know that's kind of like the kickoff for uh, what Universal's monster. It's Universal, yes, indeed. Yeah, it's, it's going to kick off their joint monster universe. And I, it looks good. It looks cool. You see the, the new trailers were out. 
I'm interested, definitely interested, but I don't think it's going to do Wonder Woman numbers. Okay. And and what is your biggest surprise for the month of June? I've I've actually got a different take on for for the for my surprise, but first off, what thing are, do you think people should be surprised about most when you're talking about the month of June for the box office movie season? That people are are probably going to see Transformers, the new one. That's that's going to be my biggest surprise is that people are actually going to go watch that. Just kidding. Uh, Baby Driver. I think that's going to be the sleeper hit of June because it's just Edgar Wright, man. He just he's incapable of making a bad film. And I think Baby Driver. It looks fast. It looks fun. It looks like everything a good popcorn flick should be. And I think that it's going to be surprisingly good, much like John Wick was a sleeper hit. Definitely, the end of John Wick two followed up with very strong numbers, indeed. My surprise is actually going to be in regards to Transformers The Last Night, which comes out on the 23rd, and Despicable Me uh, 3, and also Cars 3, which come out uh, June 30th and also June 16th, respectively. All those three films, they've got a lot of hype attached. They've got a lot of pedigree attached to them as well with, with movies before them that have really done well. Box office wise, you know, we're talking in some cases a uh, billion dollars uh, for Despicable Me Too, and I believe, and uh, Transformers: The Last Night, both have uh, really done huge box office numbers. But I think with all three, and especially Cars Three, I think those numbers are going to be way too lofty to reach. I don't see the promise from all three movies that that's going to make maybe anywhere close to to those movies. I know Transformers will still do well in China. I still I know Despicable Me 3 and Cars 3 will still do well internationally, but I don't think that they're going to be able able to reproduce numbers of their predecessors. What are your thoughts on those grouping those three? Do you think those three will disappoint at the box office or do you think that at least one of them or maybe all of them will actually come through and and hit their usual numbers? Uh, they'll hit the they'll they'll hit their usual numbers because you got to remember this is the summer and people even if it's not a movie that people are really looking forward to seeing they're still going to go see it just for something to do. Um, yeah, th- they'll hit their numbers. I don't think they're going to do like a Marvel or DC might do or even you know Pirates of the Caribbean. They're not going to be that popular, but they'll they'll get up there. I don't know because Despicable Me Two did so well, almost a billion dollars. I should say, just a little bit under it, and Transformers. You know, the series has really done well overall, especially overseas. So I don't know. Maybe audiences are, are in in this country may, in the U.S., might have tired of it a little bit. Maybe just similar to what happened with uh, The Fate and the Furious. But it's going to need, I think, a lot more support for all, these th- all, three, all three of those films. Going to need that support from internationally to to try and keep those numbers strong indeed. Uh, Despicable Me 3 does not, on the surface, from what I've seen in the trailers, look uh, as as humorous or as entertaining as, as previous iterations. Cars 3, uh, that seems to be more of a merchandising deal as opposed to a movie. And then uh, D- Transformers the last night, who knows? We know we're not going to get a coherent story, so we don't even try to wor- worry about that anymore. But are fans still interested, in, You know, at least stateside, are they still interested in seeing the Transformers universe evolve even more, even if it does have Optimus Prime being the, you know, at some point in time turning to the dark side indeed for however long in the film that he does. I don't even think that's going to be able to, to 
pull out the same kind of numbers that they did before. But I, I could be wrong. You never know. But I really think that's from what I've been able to ascertain and look at. I really think that those three movies, my surprise for the month of, of June is that those movies will will not be able to end up matching their their lofty predecessors. If you have any thoughts on the month of June or any of the movies on the summer box office movie season, check us out. You can send us a line, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com or Humanican Media, popculturecosmos and Game Source on Facebook and Twitter. You can reach us there as well. This is Travis from Ghost Coasters and you're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. Get ready for Box Art, a gaming docuseries from Pyre Productions and Rob McCallum Films in 2017. If you love video games, chances are there's a box cover or cover image that you love and has stuck with you for decades. In our series, Box Art, we travel across North America to visit with the unknown illustrators and artists responsible for creating the most iconic gaming images of all time. What was once scheduled to be a 90-minute documentary is now a six-episode season packed with unbelievable tales that paint a picture of the gaming industry you've never imagined. Box Art arrives this year, just one of the many pop culture projects from Rob McCallum, Empire Productions. Diana Tierney and Michelle Davis talk to storyteller Lynn Rymars on the latest Wine Women Words. This book, Guess on Earth, and then this book and watching the series Z on Amazon, that was the first time that I really realized that, you know, there was more to her than just being the wife of F. F. Scott Fitzgerald. Yes, yes, you're absolutely right. I think that's what... I think her her story is almost a tragedy in a sense because she had so much potential. And who knows, who knows what she could have gone on to do. She, she really wanted to continue to write, and I think that she could have done amazing things. Yeah, I think you nailed it. That, was a, uh, that her story is a tragedy. And so for, and for so many years, she has been uh, misunderstood, where even though the biography came out decades ago, almost, what, 30 years ago now? or over 30 years ago. So dating myself based on the fact that I was born in the early eighties, she's been misunderstood for all these years. Like one of my favorite movies is Paris at midnight. Oh yes. Love that. But it always infuriates me where that line where um, he's come back from being in Paris in the 1920s. And he's like, and Zelda's crazy. And Scott knows it, accepts it, but he can't, you know, do anything about it because he loves her. And it's like, no, she's not crazy. This is just a male-dominated opinion of her. I know, I know. And and it's it's refreshing to see that I think I think Z is really what's done it, where it's casting this different light on her, so she's not quite so misunderstood. Catch the Wine Women of Words every week on YouTube, podcast.com, and tune in. And we're back with the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glasser from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you joining us once again. We truly appreciate it. We're in deep in our summer box office movie preview we're just truly appreciate you joining us for it right here in the pcc multiverse every friday night 7 p.m eastern 4 p.m pacific right here on the podcast radio network and if you cannot catch us there you can always catch us on one of our numerous 
downloadable outlets, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Mixcloud, Podcast.com, the ESO Network, the Tangibound Network, and the Gunna Geek Network as well. So my friend, Josh Peterson, is right here with me. Josh, I want to ask you about the month of July, and it all starts with the Spider-Man universe being redone once again, but with a lot more momentum this time because of Captain America Civil War. It's Spider-Man Homecoming on the 7th. What are your thoughts on this latest edition of the Spider-Man series? And do you think it's really going to kick off something special for the web crawler? Uh, that's tough for me because there's been a lot of really disappointing news coming out of Sony lately in reference to the Spider-Man universe, how he might not stay in it past 2019, how you know they're kicking off their own little universe of Spider-Man side characters. And will he even fit in? Will this Spider-Man even fit into that universe and will all of it still be connected? It's just, it's becoming a real mess. And I, I, well, it seems I, like Sony's only there. We're only going to, we're only there for to get the rub and then we're going to go and try and see what we can do from there. And that, that only seems, it seems kind of mean. And as far as that's concerned, is that the way you see it? That's how I, I feel. I, I think that's a waste of time. So why am I getting attached to this Spider-Man character? If Sony's just going to destroy that, get rid of him after 2019, and, you know, are they going to reboot it again or what's going to happen? They have proved time and time again that they are completely irresponsible with this franchise. And I think that, you know, Marvel should if, do what, even if they need to get legal with it, they should get this character back because Sony is just going to lead us to one disappointment after another. I love the Amazing Spider-Man franchise. The only way I would be on board with them getting rid of this Spider-Man after 2019 would be if they were to resurrect Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, but that is probably not going to happen. So I just, I, I think I'm excited about Spider-Man homecoming. Definitely stoked. I, I don't know though, man, I don't want to like get hooked on this character because I feel like Sony is just, they're going to mess it up. And it's, it's just, it feels more like an, an inevitability to me than anything else. I can't say I blame you because, like you said, Sony has screwed it up on many occasions beforehand. But I'm hoping it, it will do. I know at least initially Spider-Man Homecoming is going to really kick off the July movie season with some strong numbers. I, I really have high hopes. I think a lot of people have the good vibes because Iron Man's in it. Because, like I said, Captain America is also doing a cameo. They're going to get that Avengers vibe. And, and mean as it is or, or mean-spirited or cruel as it is. Uh, on the surface to people that are uh, just analyzing it like us. Hey, Sony's going to get the rub. Marvel seems to be somewhat okay with it for the present time, as long as Spider-Man you know, sees its way through, through the infinity wars. So I guess it is what it is. So right now they're, they're in bed together and it's, and we better enjoy it as much as we can, but come 2019, 2020, it's, it's really not going to be pretty. I agree with you. But for right now, I see Spider-Man homecoming, Really, really doing strong numbers at the box office indeed. July is going to be even a stronger month because you know, War for the Planet of the Apes, one of these actual series out, out there from the movie standpoint that has really overperformed expectations each and every time as far as the latest recreations of the Planet of the Apes series. Your thoughts on that movie? Because I really think I, I'm I'm becoming a believer and the Planets of the Ape series as far as being somewhat of a really, really strong movie base that can last even further. And I think this this latest movie is going to be really strong indeed. I've seen uh, the, you know Woody Harrelson as the bad guy, and I really think so far it, it's so good as far as from what I've seen. 
the Planet of the Apes has constantly surprised me. I like I, the the Mark Wahlberg one is awful, but the you know the the first one was it Donald Planet of the Apes was good. Um, you know the last one was really good. They they seem to keep consistently upping the game with each entry, and like the trailers for this one made it look like they've gone a step further. But my question is. Where is this going to end? Are they going to take us to the usual Planet of the Apes story where mankind's basically enslaved? Because they tried that with the Mark Wahlberg entry, and it didn't quite get the reception that who that was a that was a Tim Burton movie, correct? That's correct. Yes. Yeah, it didn't quite get the reception they were hoping for. So I'm. What makes these these good is that it shows that there are redeemable qualities in both species. So I'm hoping But it's the James Franco movies that ironically have have performed above expectations and that's what's really kicked off the series in my opinion. Exactly. And uh, because this series they did a good job of making giving each uh, species redeemable qualities and you know you have your villains. The apes are pretty much like the humans. They're the people who are want to, to, are afraid of what's different and people are willing to embrace it. So it's you know, they got that going for them, but where it's going to go is what's got me the most curious. Are they going to, you know, make 10, make 10 or 12 of these things, or are they going, do they have a limit? Do they have an uh, idea where the story is going to end? So I, I, I want to be, like, I'm, I'm surprised by it. Like, uh, I'm consistently surprised by these movies, and I hope that this one doesn't prove different. Uh, another movie that I really like coming up in the month of July is Atomic Blonde with Charlize Theron just really just looking like she's going to kick some major butt in the film and and I just really looks like it's something out of almost in the law, in the realm of uh, Kingsman Secret Service how well that did uh, it looks like she's that wrote that film really could could hold the month down as far as when it comes out on the 28th of July and I really think it's going to be a, a, a probably a surprise hit at the box office but that's not my surprise so what is exactly your surprise for the month of July? I was going to say Dunkirk, but I know that's going to do bundles of money at the box office just because it's a Chris Nolan film. So I'm going to go with Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. So that's going to put I, I, me... I knew you were. That's why I didn't touch that one. That's going to put me in two places. Is it going to make me really right or it's going to make me really wrong because... Uh, was his last movie wasn't so hot, right? Did he do a movie after The Fifth Element, right? There was a movie after that, right? I'm trying to remember, what was it? It was, I can't remember, but I just remember that it didn't get received so well. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to say Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. Uh, as far as, like, the ones that come after this, I know they got the Emoji movie. I, I don't think Emoji and I don't think Inconvenient Sequel are going to really do anything, so... I'm going with Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. It's it looks like it's got a little something something to it. You were talking about Lucy. Yes, Lucy. That was. I mean, I didn't dislike it. I just people didn't like it as much as I guess they were hoping they would. But yeah, uh, so I think that because this one looks more in line with the Fifth Element, and that's kind of what made him, you know, him. So I, I think that this uh, this is more in the director's genre is what I'm getting at. I think it would definitely be up, uh, you know, as far as that having that image and having the the fifth element, you know, vibe from it. Whether or not it succeeds as a film, uh, I'm not sure because it goes where it's placed. Because it can be right right there with a lot of great films that are, that are also be vying for for box office dollars. 
But my surprise is the one that you mentioned already, Dunkirk, because not because of it's a Christopher Nolan film per se, although they are going to throw the Dark Knight trilogy at you, you know, the maker of the Dark Knight trilogy. You're going to see that the whole time. But I really think the film is different than what we're seeing all summer long. And I really think it, if it, with his vision, it, we're going to have it's going to be something that that people will want to see as far as a well-made film that that really stands out. So this okay. could we could just look at this as an indirect prequel to Saving Private Ryan. So there you go, indeed. So World War II will be strongly represented, indeed. It, as far as with Dunkirk, that's my surprise for the month of July. So definitely looking forward to that, indeed. What are your thoughts on the month of July? Let us know, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com, or give us a shout-out and let us know via Facebook and Twitter on Humanica Media, Pop Culture Cosmos, and Game Source. We'll be back a little bit later in the show to talk a little bit more about the summer box office movie season with August as we close out the show. This is the PCC Multiverse. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. We're back on the Marvel circuit with more news about Kevin Feige and Feige. things that he said. Mar- he says a lot of things. This comes from IGN. He does say a lot of things. This comes from IGN. Uh, Marvel Studios boss Kevin Feige discusses Batgirl and Joss Whedon uh, and Josh Brolin playing Cable and Thanos and if Marvel will make R-rated films. This is by Alex Gilyadavadov. I mean, have they I'm, not already? I'm just saying you have an easier name to pronounce. So yeah. That's what we're getting at. Alex Gil- Gilyadov. Gilyadov. All right. So Marvel Studios and Disney won't be making an R-rated comic book movie anytime soon, according to Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige. In an interview with The Hollywood Reporter, Feige revealed that despite the success of Fox's Deadpool and Logan... Marvel will continue to focus on only making family-friendly comic book movies. In Feige's view, the reason Deadpool and Logan were successful wasn't because of their R ratings. My takeaway from both of those films is not the R rating, it's the risk they took, the chances they took, the creative boundaries they pushed. Feige said that should be the takeaway for everybody. Feige was also asked about his take on Thanos star Josh Brolin playing Cable in Deadpool, Deadpool 2 film being made by Fox and not Marvel. Brolin playing two different comic book characters for two different studios isn't an issue, as Marvel and Disney don't have anything written into our contracts about other roles that people can do. Um, Indiana Jones and Han Solo are the same person as been a problem, Feige said, and I think Thanos and Cable are two very different characters. Before it was reported uh, that he'll be directing a solo Batgirl film for Warner Brothers, Avengers director Joss Whedon called Feige to discuss his new directing gig. He called a couple months ago, which he didn't have to do, and was super cool of him and super nice of him, Feige said. According to Feige, Marvel couldn't be more supportive of Whedon's decision and would love for his Batgirl movie to be awesome. All right, so 
I, there you go. It's just pretty much what it is. You got, <laughs> so those of you who are hoping you for a R-rated Marvel film, you're not going to get one. And while Deadpool and Logan were very good, I think Marvel's got a thing right now, and they're doing pretty well with it. So you will not be seeing. I mean, maybe maybe later on down the line, because they, they always backtrack on things eventually, but I, I think that Marvel has a pretty good thing going for them. Whether it'll survive past Avengers 4 with Tony Stark and I'm going to get hate mail Captain right now. America. You're going to get hate mail due to me. My whole life, I had no idea. Like, this just clicked, and I feel awful. Huh. Han Solo and Indiana Jones are the same person. Are you kidding, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> Are you kidding me right now, Travis? Travis? Oh my Travis. god, dude! Well, here's here's the thing though. Here's the thing. I don't religiously watch Indiana Jones. Okay. I've seen it like <coughs> like half of once. I can get that from the point that you just don't watch it that. Often. I don't watch it. I don't. And like, I hear some good things. I hear some really bad things about different ones. Um, they're classics, though. You have to. Watch they're classics, them. so I do need to watch them now. And I have more motivation knowing that Han Solo, Harrison Ford is Indiana Jones. Um, but holy crap, dude! Right? Doesn't that just change your world? That makes me actually want to watch them. So go and watch them. See, this is what I tell people. That's why I was on me. my phone. I'm sorry, I was searching it up to confirm. <clears throat> yeah, to confirm it. Cause like that's big news to me. Like that guy's that guy's rad. To me, okay. The Indiana Jones films are like <laughs> Back to the Future. I tell people, I'm yeah. like, you have to watch them at least once. Would I recommend you buying them? And are they the best movies in the world? No. But you do need to watch them at least once. It's like, even... It's okay. It's like, you have the original trilogy of Star Wars. I still say you should watch the newer three. Yeah. Were they the best? No. No. But should you watch them? Yes. Yes. It's just one of those things. Um, Alright, so as for Josh Brolin, you know, he's playing Thanos. Yes. So he plays Thanos. And he was given the role of Cable in Deadpool 2. You know who Cable is? Mm-hmm. Cable is from the future. Okay. And uh, he's been in a lot of X-Men comic books. Can I, you record your favorite TV shows? Like future DVR? Yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of TVs were destroyed in that timeline. Probably. But, you know, anything's possible. You know. But, he is um, so Josh Brolin was hired to play Deadpool, or play... Cable and Deadpool 2 and people were asking you know how's that going is there some sort of contract stipulation how's that going to affect him being in the Avengers the thing is with Cable he has the potential to play the character extensively whereas with Thanos he signed on for two more films and that's the end of his contract and you can honestly if you look at Thanos you can't even tell it's Josh Brolin you can't even tell. He's got so much makeup. He's so not makeup, but he's so CG heavy that you don't even know it's him. So all you're really getting is his voice. So it's good, like, good it's for like you. Yeah, Voldemort. And it was Ralph <laughs> Ralph Fien- Fiennes, I think. It was his name. I don't know the guy's name. Um, he played. Uh, I saw the guy as like normal picture, and I was like, whoa. Yeah, he was. You're in, a normal person. He's in G.I. Joe, and he's in the newest <laughs> James Bond movies, the last two. Uh, anyways, yeah, so it's just. Yeah, congratulations, Josh Brolin. We're fans, or I'm a fan, at least. Um, and as for Whedon doing Batgirl, I think maybe that's what DC needs, because their movies have not come out of the gate so strong. So maybe with a uh, director that actually knows what they're doing, things... What if Batgirl has Batman's voice? Ooh. I'm Batgirl. I'm Batgirl. 
<laughs> Where's Harvey Dent? Can you imagine that? Do you think I imagined like, like a, a petite woman like with a mask sounding like <laughs> she just like has a voice <laughs> holding someone by the throat. Things. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the trigger? Jeez, I don't know why they got to do that with Batman. Like I think that okay, never mind. I don't want to bring in the George Clooney Batman. It's not a good comparison. But um, uh, yeah, all right. So there's that. You can do what you want with it. I'm Batgirl. See, we're, we're <laughs> and it's girl, it's not Batwoman. Batwoman. So it's like a young girl. Batgirl. I don't know. Are there, is there I'm a Batwoman? Bat 12-year-old girl. I'm Bat-teenager. <laughs> <laughs> That's The Morning Monitor from Humanica Media. Now available on YouTube. Thanks for checking out the PCC. You know, the pop culture cosmos. We'll be back in one moment. Hey everyone, venture into the pop culture cosmos today, where you'll hear our conversations on different topics within the world of movies, TV, video games, comic books, technology, board gaming, and more. You'll also get a taste of some of our other shows within the cosmos as well. So come on and join us each week as we delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. Every Monday night. 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Pacific on the Podcast Radio Network. And we're back with the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you listening out there. Right now this week, we're still finishing up our summer box office movie preview. And if you like what we do, we've also got a Monday show, the number one show on the Podcast Radio Network, 10.30 Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Pacific, Monday nights. It's the Pop Culture Cosmos show on the Podcast Radio Network. And it is also available for downloading on nine other downloadable options that are out there that we that we have, where we tell you about, including iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Podcast.com, TuneIn, also as well, the ESO Network, the Tangent Network, and the Gunna Geek Network, and Mixcloud as well. So we're down to the last month of the summer box office movie season, and it is August. And I know, I know August cannot come and go in the movie box office season without talking probably the, possibly the biggest hit of the month of, of, of August, and that is The Dark Tower. So Josh Peterson from Humanica Media and Pop Culture Cosmos, tell us exactly your thoughts on The Dark Tower. I, I love the books. I read them twice uh they're excellent great they're they're dark gritty uh it's i'm curious i've I heard that the the film isn't going to go page for page with the book i'm hoping i'm hoping they're gonna there's gonna be more than one because you can't take but like, that's, really, are, that's really hard for any film to do lord of the rings you know what whatever books you know yeah I those mean, are Harry Potter books. It's hard for them to go page for page with exactly what the books can do because the books have the ability to tell so much more of a backstory in detail than what you can do within two to three hours. Yeah, true. Just because in the trailer, I, I've, it looks like there's parts from like multiple books, and that's kind of you know what left a bad taste in my mouth with John Carter because I you know the bad box office numbers aside, it didn't really bother me that much, but. Uh, the Dark Tower, the it's such a rich world, and there's so like you you have to like you have to give some amount of backstory in order to really understand what's going on. And the backstory is really kind of one of the best parts about the series. And I'm hoping that 
they they're gonna have more at least more than one movie because there, there's no way you can get all seven of those books and really capture the magic of it in one film. And I know they were talking for a while having multiple films, a TV series, something like that. But uh, you know, I think it's I think it's it's gonna it's gonna do huge. I, I think this might be Stephen King's uh, you know Lord of the Rings. So we'll you know we'll have to see. It's gonna be interesting. They haven't really released. I know they they leaked a trailer out, but they haven't really given us anything other than that. So, I mean, time's closing in on them and I hope that th- this movie still comes out in August, but you know, they've, they've pushed it back so many times. It wouldn't surprise me if they decided not to release it. I certainly hope they do decide to re- release it because my surprise is actually uh, emanating if it, uh, even if it does or doesn't, but a movie that you think will surprise or, or, or an idea or concept you think will surprise be, from the month of August as far as the, the box office movie season is concerned. What are your thoughts? Oh, geez. I honestly, I haven't looked into too many of these. I, uh, the Hitman's Bodyguard looks like it might be funny, but I think that, I think Annabelle Creation will, will get some, some numbers in. I, I don't really, I don't really have an interest in watching it. I love The Conjuring, but I, like I saw the original Annabelle movie and it really just was not. I think that goes back to the horse. You know, people will be starred for a horror film by that time. This is true. This is true. And I think it'll do those strong numbers initially and possibly be one of those low budget, high profit films that we saw, you know, several times and even saw earlier this year with Get Out and whatnot. So, yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point. People will go see it, I'm sure. Because you, you, you always have those teenagers who like to go see those kind of movies. Yeah, I mean, a- Annabelle, the, the first Annabelle movies just was not fun it's i mean not fun but i mean it just it was not good so i'm hoping that this one's better maybe they'll take the mad the uh what made the conjuring so good and spin it into this but uh you know that i don't really know any of these other movies so i'm just gonna have to say annabelle's gonna be my sleeper well my sleeper is actually the fact that there are a a really not a lot of films to get behind in the month of august which is surprising because the month of august at least as of late has been pretty strong with, with the number of films that have come out. And and it looks like people, if, if the dark tower does not come out, it may very well go to a film for the month, like Annabelle creation, which to me is just kind of surprising. I mean, the Hitman's bodyguard does not look good. Uh, looks like another film where you put two great actors together such as Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson and put them in a situation that's really not going to be to their benefit and just have them cursing through two hours. And, and people I think are, are may or may not like the fact that Nick Fury and Deadpool are, are, are put in these type of situations. So I, I have a feeling that that may not pan out the way they want to. I, I'm just surprised at the lack of Films that that look like they could really entertain a large audiences. Uh, Detroit, you know, from, from you know, directed by Catherine Bigelow, who we all know from Zero Dark Thirty, and and obviously the the Hurt Locker. So, you know, that may surprise as well. Uh, but otherwise, it's pretty pretty hard. Uh, it's pretty tough sledding in the month of August. I really think that if somebody had you know a studio had maybe taken one of those films in july and said hey maybe we should just put it in august it might have fared much it, it might fare better than to do that i remember star trek we talked about star trek last year may have been subject to that where it came out it had to come out in a certain point of time paramount did be to honor the 50th anniversary and we think it came out a time with that and jason Bourne, where where 
they may have been put at a time where there was just too many movies to come out at a certain amount of time and audiences may have, have frowned upon going to see all of them. I really think one of these movies in July would have been better served to go into the August late and maybe really find a home with audiences there just before the kids go back to school and whatnot. But what are your thoughts out there on the month of August? Let us know, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanican Media, and Game Source on Facebook and Twitter. Give us a shout out there. We'll be glad to go ahead and, and answer your questions. Plus also as well, maybe even read them on the air if you want as well. Well, it's been another great episode. Indeed, we truly want to thank the ladies from the Wine, Women, and Words for being on the show, uh, sharing their thoughts as well. And then also we want to thank Josh for allowing uh, to play clips of the, the Morning Monitor. Josh, before we head on out, give them an update on what's going on with Humanican Media. Uh, we have the Morning Monitor, which is our daily show. We don't always get it out daily. It's still kind of in its beta phase. But, uh, yeah, we have the What About This podcast, Super the Super Bro Station games cast. Uh, there, there will be more stuff coming at you soon, so you'll know as soon as I get it all scheduled. Sounds awesome indeed. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourselves a great day. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at ESONetwork.com. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos as a special treat. We're adding a bonus episode, which starts right now. So sit back and relax as you enjoy more awesome goodness from the Pop Culture Cosmos family. And stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Morning Monitor for what's today? Wednesday, April 19th, 2017. I am your host, Josh Peterson, along with the... Travis. Hudai. 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 Hudi. Hudai. Hudye. So I guess... Hudye. 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 Very well. All right. Um, and yes, we did plan on wearing red today. Yes, this was coordinated. Yes. In case you needed to know. Um, Alright, well actually, before we get into entertainment stuff, uh, there's some exciting news in music. Tell us... It's before we get into entertaining stuff, let's get into entertaining stuff with entertaining music. stuff. Um, Paramore dropped their, their new what? song on us, like a bomb. So, if you're a fan of Paramore, go check it out. It's called Hard Times. The misery um, Business was my jam. Yeah. I would say this one's a little more... It's it, more poppy. It, it's got kind of a Sting in the Police vibe to it. Or like 311, kind of. It's got this, you know, the steel drum sound. Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. It, but it's fun, and it's good, and we've been waiting a while for this, so it's nice. You know, it... They played it on the radio, so I didn't hear the same like eight songs today. I heard a new a ninth one. Exactly. So, so yeah, just gotta, that's got to deal with. It's the fun. Paramore's moment. Paramore's cool. Paramore is cool. Josh is leaving me. All right. I just like I can never remember if I pressed record on the buttons. All right. 
But we are recording, so you guys are watching that. You just watched me get up and make a fool of myself. Yes. So um, we did together. 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 Okay, real quick, I I was I was surfing on the internet last night, and I came across something called the ludicrous connection. You can surf on the internet. Surf, literally surf. Just got my got my laptop when sat on a surfboard. <laughs> And did some surfing on the web, you know? Yeah. That's so. Rad. That's rad. This, this, someone, it's just a weird, like, uh, th- website I stumbled up on. I don't know what I'm trying to say it's here. Okay, it's a, one of those, one of those, not chat rooms, but, uh, boards, advice boards, not advice boards, but this is like a, a question board, a okay. forum, a forum, that's a forum. what I'm looking for. Yeah. And this guy <laughs> brought up the question of, in the first Fast and the Furious movie, they played the song I Got Hosed by Ludacris. Okay. Okay, and in the preceding movies, Ludacris plays Tesh. Yeah. So, in the Fast and the Furious universe, does Ludacris exist? Whoa. (laughs) Right? Doesn't that that blow your mind? Because he would have to be... Wow. He can't be Ludacris and Tesh at the same time. I think we have a Hannah Montana situation going mm. on. So he while could, he's not hacking computers and and, and and conducting jet ski races, yeah, he's, he's actually a rapper. He's actually a rapper, but we don't know. Okay, let's you just know, his best friend doesn't even know, and then and then finds out and is really offended that he never told. Him. It's crazy. It's a double life. Just something for you to chew on a little bit. I never watched Hannah Montana. I did with my sister though, and by myself. I mean, there's obviously some pent-up guilt about this, <laughs> but this is a judgment-free zone. This is a judgment-free <laughs> podcast slash YouTube video. Um, okay, well, let's jump into our first story here. This one comes from IGN, <clears throat> and it's by Alex Osborne. Avengers 4, Kevin Feige confirmed Spider-Man appearance. Well, Feige. only <clears throat> Feige. Feige. Well, only implied before, Marvel Studios... Uh, President Kevin Feige has confirmed that Tom Holland's Spider-Man will make an appearance in the fourth Avengers film. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Feige confirmed the Web Slinger's involvement in the 2019 ensemble during a group talk in Marvel Studios headquarters in Burbank, California. Avengers 4 will be followed later in the year by a sequel to Homecoming, and according to Feige, that's as far as it goes for now with regard to Spider-Man and the MCU. Feige also addressed Marvel Studios' lack of involvement in Sony's upcoming Spider-Man spinoff films, which include one focus on Venom <clears throat> and another focused and another featuring Black Cat and Silver Sable. We had a very particular plan about Spidey himself, Feige said, but didn't elaborate any further. So, while it's possible that Sony and Marvel could extend their deal to feature Spider-Man additional MCU films, the current agreement between the two studios will come to an end when the second solo Spider-Man film debuts in 2019. So, what this is, is a just a cluster of Spider-Man potentially stuff. bad decisions in Spider-Man stuff. Like, it's not enough that they murdered Spider-Man twice. Yeah, okay. I, I loved Andrew Garfield. I did too. By the way. I did too. I did too. But, Tobey Maguire, mm-hmm. um, you know what? Could live without it. This has the potential <laughs> to be a train wreck, though. Like the, So, once Spider-Man... So they're making these Venom and Silver Sable. First of all, who wants to watch a Black Cat Silver Sable film? That's just one of those things that... It's, and it's not because they're women. This has nothing to do with the, the whole feminism it's argument. It's because Black Cat. It's just because they're characters <laughs> who can't... 
who aren't interesting without Spider-Man in the story. It's true. It's true. And I can see Venom being okay, but... Yeah, I, I agree with that. What they're setting this up for, assuming Spider-Man doesn't stay in the MCU past 2019, is... What? It's <laughs> Why like, do we keep doing this with Spider-Man? They, yeah, are they going to integrate him back into the, into the Sony universe? Or are they going to make it so he can keep crossing over... If so, it's what are, is what's the tone going to be? Because these films, Venom and Silver Sable, are going to be rated R. So how yeah. is how is Tom Holland right. Spider Man going to fit into this? Or are they just going to eliminate the Spider Man character altogether when he goes back to Sony and recreate one <sighs> again, dark, again, again, again? Oh my gosh! Like I don't know what's going on, like behind like management situations. But why why do they keep switching? Spider-Man's. Do you know? I don't know. Originally, it bugs me. I just want to watch. Read... I mean, not Toby. Sorry, bro. Oh, Andrew Garfield. I'm not. Maybe they're gonna bring Andrew Garfield Spider-Man back. I we don't freaking know. hope. But uh, <laughs> I know originally Andrew Garfield was offered the part of the MCU Spider-Man, and he turned it down so that he could do other projects. Mm, okay. Because if he would have signed on to do that one, that would have been the rest of his life. Been the rest of his life. Because look at Tom Holland's already involved in Civil War. Um, which was Avengers home, come on let's be honest Homecoming Avengers 3, 4 and so that would have signed him on for 5 more movies Civil War Minor Avengers Minor Avengers yeah pretty much it, it, was, it. It, was, it was a micro Avenger movie it's Avengers Light pretty much yes it's, it's Avengers Diet Avengers Diet Diet, <laughs> diet Avengers, Avengers. Yes. it's still bad for you but you feel like you're better still need you to feel like it's healthy consume it it's healthy for you <laughs> So yeah, I mean, it's uh, um, I mean, cool. I'm interested in watching more Spider-Man movies with actually Spider-Man. Um, I don't have anything against the new kid playing Spider-Man, Tom Holland. Yeah, he's not bad. He's not bad. I don't think that. It's just that I, I would, I would like them to stop switching people on me. It kind of culture shock. It's a culture sh- culture shock, but. The, the biggest issue here with I have with them axing Andrew Garfield from the original. I know this is this is old news. It's probably something you can surf the web and find. Surf the web yeah, and find. We, we really like to surf out in California. Yes. Um, but yeah, my biggest thing, at least with Tobey Maguire, we got like a pseudo ending to his story. A pseudo trilogy. Yeah. At least the, tr- the trilogy ended and there was kind of a happy ending. Kind of. Sort of. But with Amazing Spider-Man, with Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, it, they created this universe that was genuinely interesting to me. I liked the character. I liked where it was going. Yeah, and then it was like, oh, well. Yeah, I liked the dark tone. And then they just disappeared just like that. Like, you, it set it up for all these great things. I cried in about. that movie. The death of Gwen Stacy? It, spoiler, but you should know. Yeah. It just... A, it was like, oh. 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 And then I lost it. It was, it was well. It was really well done. It was really well done. I, just, I don't know why the reception was so bad. Maybe it's because they tried to put too many villains. The Spider-Man. There was a lot coming out all at the same time. They were trying to set too many things up. Yeah, and that's one thing Marvel has succeeded at is adding things into their films that are supposed to. Uh, lead to other things without yeah, making without, it feel like oh boom 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 all yeah. this stuff's dropping boom like it's hot drop it like it's hot all right um our next story is ooh ooh here are you asian travis has this one do you play games are you not asian but you still play games 
Or is this only Asian? No, it's coming to the Asian <laughs> Games, right? the, as in the the Olympics. I know. Okay, the Olympic. Okay, the Olympic Council of Asia to bring esports to Asian Games. What does this mean to you? Um, if you don't play esport games, probably nothing. Um, your Olympics will get slightly more electronic. They are so basically. This means they're 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 bringing in. Um, like Wii Sports to the Olympics. Motion gaming. Motion gaming. Um, I'm sure this is from IGN. Yes. Yeah, just, you know. There's uh, a font to it. By Hope Corrigan, I think I said that right. In a combined effort between the Olympic Council of Asia and Ali Sports, Ali Sports of China, eSports will be making an appearance in the official program of the 2018 and 2022 Asian Games. Due to their incredible popularity and growth, competitive electronic sports have been added to September's OCA Asian Indoor and Martial Arts Games as a demonstration sport uh, and are slated to make appearances at the 18th and 19th Asian Games. Um, the 2018 Games held in Jakarta and Palembang, Indonesia, will showcase esports <laughs> as a demonstration sport, which has been a stepping stone to becoming an Olympic event for such... Sports such as baseball, tennis, and taekwondo. Now, is that esports? Baseball? Esports, yeah. So, baseball, tennis, and taekwondo. If you're just like, yo, my me character is the best at tennis, then sign up. I don't know. You could be on the USA esport tennis team. I didn't even know there was taekwondo. Is this like how, (laughs) like, obese people can play... Uh, compete in the Olympics, like you can. I don't know. Not, they're not trying to compensate. Beast, but like, yeah. Were we were we hashtag offended were we, so much <laughs> that we couldn't play Wii Sports hashtag in the Olympics? We're offended. No, I mean, because <laughs> you don't have to do any actual training. <clears throat> you don't. You just get to play. <laughs> you just get to play That's video awesome. games. Like, could you imagine getting a gold medal? But what, what for tennis? You don't run in tennis. No, you don't. You have a joystick, right? So how's that going to look on TV? Because usually you see people like sweating on television, playing their sport, and then and now how we're is gonna this one going to work? Are going to have like, you know, how we have, how we used to have the trap cam down the corner, yeah. show them actually like doing things on the man. screen, we're going to show their me character. Who wants to sit there and watch people play video games? Oh yeah, games it's going to show them, them moving and then sport. The, the screen of the sport and then them moving in the corner. Yeah. Who wants to see that? Who wants to see that what is happening to the world i mean i don't know i feel like they could bring some i don't know i don't know i don't know i think it'd be cool if like maybe it was like vr gaming somehow have it be its own thing yeah don't put it in the olympics don't put it in the olympics because that's stupid make I make mean, make a, a, a esports gaming like Thing. I get that you're trying to appeal to a bunch of gamers, gamers of that, that or groups or whatever you want to say. That's why rock climbing's now in the Olympics. But which is cool. Which is cool. But at the same time, like we just I don't know, it's just Do we need sense. it in the Olympics? In the Olympics. Do we need motion gaming? Do we really need to send people that represent our country to go play esports? No. Like, oh, we beat you in eSport tennis. Yeah. Like, no. oh, well, we beat you in Taekwondo and baseball, so what's up? Like, no would be my official response <laughs> to that. We don't. Will I watch it? Yes. Just for the novelty? Just because, like, why not? For giggles. But I'm probably, yeah. 
I mean, all right, let's move on. All right. There you go. That name again. All right, we're back on the Marvel circuit with more news about Kevin Feige. And Feige. Things that he said. Mar- he says a lot of things. This comes from IGN. He does say a lot of things. This comes from IGN. Uh, Marvel Studios boss Kevin Feige discusses Batgirl and Joss Whedon uh, and Josh Brolin playing Cable and Thanos and if Marvel will make R-rated films. This is by Alex Gilyadavadov. I mean, have they I'm, not already? I'm just saying you have an easier name to pronounce. That's yeah. what we're getting at. Alex Gilyadov. Gilyadov. All right. So Marvel Studios and Disney won't be making an R-rated comic book movie anytime soon, according to Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige. In an interview with The Hollywood Reporter, Feige revealed that despite the success of Fox's Deadpool and Logan, Marvel will continue to focus on only making family-friendly comic book movies. In Feige's view, the reason Deadpool and Logan were successful wasn't because of their R ratings. My takeaway from both of those films is not the R rating, it's the risk they took, the chances they took, the creative boundaries they pushed. Feige said that should be the takeaway for everybody. Feige was also asked about his take on Thanos star Josh Brolin playing Cable in Deadpool, Deadpool 2, a film being made by Fox and not Marvel. Brolin playing two different comic book characters for two different studios isn't an issue, as Marvel and Disney don't have anything written into our contracts about other roles that people can do. Um, Indiana Jones and Han Solo are the same person hasn't been a problem, Feige said, and I think Thanos and Cable are two very different characters. Before it was reported uh, that he'll be directing a solo Batgirl film for Warner Brothers, Avengers director Joss Whedon called Feige to discuss his new directing gig. He called a couple months ago, which he didn't have to do, and was super cool of him and super nice of him, Feige said. According to Feige, Marvel couldn't be more supportive of Whedon's decision and would love for his Batgirl movie to be awesome. Alright, so... I, there you go. It's just pretty much what it is. You're not, <laughs> so those man, of you who are hoping go. for a R-rated Marvel film, you're not going to get one. And while Deadpool and Logan were very good, I think Marvel's got a thing right now, and they're doing pretty well with it. So you will not be seeing. I mean, maybe maybe later on down the line, because they, they always backtrack on things eventually. But I, I think that Marvel has a pretty good thing going for them. Whether It'll survive past Avengers 4 with Tony Stark. And I'm going to get hate mail Captain right now. America. You're going to get hate mail due to me. My whole life, I had no idea. Like, this just clicked and I feel awful. Huh. Han Solo and Indiana Jones are the same person. Are you kidding, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> are you kidding me right now? Travis? Travis? Oh my Travis. god, dude. Well, here's, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. I don't religiously watch Indiana Jones. Okay. I've seen it like... <laughs> like half of once. I can get that from the point that you just don't watch it that I often. don't watch it. I don't. And like, I hear <clears throat> some good things. I hear some really bad things about different ones. Um, they're classics though. You have to watch them. They're classics. So I do need to watch them now. And I have more motivation knowing that Han Solo, Harrison Ford is Indiana Jones. Um, but holy crap, dude. Right? Doesn't that just change your world? That makes me actually want to watch them. So. Go and watch them. See, this is what I tell people. That's why I was on my phone. I'm sorry. I was searching it up to confirm. <clears throat> yeah, to confirm it. Because, like, that's big news to me. Like, that guy's, that guy's rad. To me, okay. the Indiana Jones films are like <laughs> Back to the Future. I tell people, I'm yeah. like, you have to watch them at least once. Would I recommend you buying them? And are they the best movies in the world? No. 
but you do need to watch them at least once. It's like, even, it's, okay, it's like you have the original trilogy of Star Wars, I still say you should watch the newer three. Yeah. Were they the best? No. No. But should you watch them? Yes. Yes. It's just one of those things. Um, Alright, so as for Josh Brolin, you know, he's playing Thanos. Yes. So he plays Thanos, and he was given the role of Cable in Deadpool 2. You know who Cable is? Mm-hmm. Cable is from the future. Okay. And uh, he's been in a lot of X-Men comic books. Can I, you record your favorite TV shows? Like future DVR? Yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of TVs were destroyed in that timeline. Probably. But, you know, anything's possible. You know. But, he is um, so Josh Brolin was hired to play Deadpool, or play Cable in Deadpool 2, and people were asking, you know, how's that going is there some sort of contract stipulation? How's that going to affect him being in the Avengers? The thing is, with Cable, he has the potential to play the character extensively, whereas with Thanos, he signed on for two more films, and yeah. that's the end of his contract. And you can honestly, if you look at the Thanos, you can't even tell it's Josh Brolin. You, you can't even tell. He's got so much makeup. He's so Not makeup, but he's so CG-heavy. That you don't even know it's him. So all you're really getting is his voice. So like, good, good for like you. Yeah, Voldemort. And it was Ralph <laughs> Ralph Fien- Fiennes, I think it was. Name. I don't know the guy's name. Um, he played. Uh, I saw the guy's like normal picture, and I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah, he was. You're a, a normal person. He's in G.I. Joe, and he's in the newest <laughs> James Bond movies, the last two. Uh, anyways, yeah. So it's just. Yeah, congratulations, Josh Brolin. We're fans, or I'm a fan, at least. Um, and as for Whedon doing Batgirl, I think maybe that's what DC needs, because their movies have not come out of the gate so strong. So maybe with a uh, director that actually knows what they're doing, things... What if Batgirl has Batman's voice? Ooh. I'm Batgirl. I'm Batgirl. <laughs> Where's Harvey Dent? Can you imagine that? You think I imagined like, like a, a petite woman like with a mask <laughs> sounding like <laughs> she just like has a voice <laughs> holding someone by the throat. Things. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the trigger? Jeez. I don't know why they gotta do that with Batman. Like I think that Okay, never mind, I don't wanna bring in the George Clooney Batman. It's not a good comparison. But um uh, Yeah, alright, so there's that. You can do what you want with it. I'm Batgirl. See, what, what are you <laughs> and it's girl, it's not Batwoman. Batwoman. So it's like a young girl. Batgirl. I don't know. Are there, is there I'm a Batwoman? Bat 12 year old girl. Uh, bat teenager. <laughs> Alright, our I'm, last. Never last. Last story. Okay, so. Last episode, we talked about something interesting. Was it by Polygon as well? Yes. Polygon informed us that. Um, Something was canceled, and and we were a little upset. A certain classic Nintendo system was canceled. The NES was canceled, and we were like, why would you do this? It was doing so well. People liked it. Okay. Anyways, so that was canceled. New thing. SNES. Super Super Nintendo. Nintendo. Classic edition is on the way. So, they canceled the Nintendo, the NES, to bring upon the SENS soon after. The information came out a day later. So, yeah. I mean, 
You want to read that? Yeah, we'll, we'll go through it. Yeah, real quick. I guess we should. Eurogamer is reporting that an SNES Classic Edition is on the way to replace the recently discontinued NES Classic Edition. Very recent. The SNES Mini, or to continue Nintendo's official branding, likely the Nintendo Classic Mini Super Nintendo Entertainment System. It's a mouthful. Is currently scheduled to launch in time for Christmas this year. Eurogamer states development of the device is already underway. Our sources have indicated the. Sourcing is thin, but the release of a Nintendo Classic Edition is one of the possible, if not likely, reasons we came up <clears throat> with for the discontinuation of the NES Classic Edition. Nintendo has enough classic systems and games to keep each release smaller than demand, guaranteeing artificial scarcity in headlines for years. The hardware of the NES Classic Edition was already overpowered when it comes to emulation, giving the included chips plenty of room to emulate other systems. If you're not fluent in the world of ARM-powered systems on chip, isn't everyone, though? The NES Classic Edition hardware is a lot more powerful than an NES, duh. and it's duh, and it's even more powerful than a 3DS, we explained. While it surely doesn't have to be this powerful, the market-based realities assure that buying a new chip at volume will be cheaper than designing a custom chip or something with less of a market. Eurogamer has also has a decent track record for Nintendo rumors detailing any aspects of the Nintendo Switch, Back in July of last year, that turned out to be accurate. While there aren't many details about the SNES Classic Edition hardware, given the story, the source of the rumors give them a bit more weight than they would have coming from other outlets or sources. So what would we like? Okay, blah, blah, blah. Um, Basically, they're saying the SNES is replacing the Nintendo NES Classic Edition. screw you. Seriously. Why? Why? Why do you need to do this? Hashtag offended. Tell us. Hashtag we're offended. Why do you guys got to be such massive jerks? Like, why? This is stupid because, you're, okay, what what did it say right here? Uh, Nintendo has enough classic systems and games to keep each release smaller than demand, guaranteeing artificial scarcity in headlines for years. You guys are jerks, honestly. Like, why would you do something like that? You're going to create another system that people stand outside for... Hours, hours waiting hours. for, and they like, won't even get one, and then you're going to... I have a friend that waited like seven hours for the Nintendo Switch. Yeah. Jeez, dude. Even, well, even the last classic came out during Christmas, and there were people like lined up around Toys R Us, and they sat there for hours, weren't able to get one, and then not only does Nintendo not help them get one, but they don't put it back in stock for freaking months. And it's like, why... Why do you create something like that to make people hate you? I hate you. I hate you, Nintendo. Nintendo, you are like the schoolyard bullies. You know, you're like, you have, you come to school with like these new toys and you're like, you let everybody play with them except for, no, no, no. You only let like four or five people play with them and everyone else just has to sit there and watch or like, you know, be sad about it. So, and he's sad about it. Nintendo, you suck. That is me saying you suck. All right. <laughs> Hashtag Josh is offended. I'm offended. Because this is stupid, honestly. Like, why? You discontinued <laughs> the Nintendo Classic, <laughs> which was selling, which people wanted, and you didn't actually put back in stock. That just, is dumb. Just, I mean, come It on. came out on Christmas, and they put it back in stock a month ago. Now they're having this Super and then Nintendo they Classic. It. To bring out this new one. See... Which, how long is this going to be here? It pro- it's it's going to be the same thing. going to be the same exact thing. Because Nintendo is fighting for relevancy. It's true. I just... I can't... I can't stand it. I, I don't... It's, it's stupid. It is stupid. You guys are stupid. 
And this is going to be the same thing. You're going to have, it's going to be sell really hot around Christmas and people aren't going to be able to get it anymore. And then they're going to discontinue and then come out with like the Nintendo 64 Classic Edition or something like that. That'll be fun. But see, the thing is... If you get one, if you get correction. These though, these Nintendo Classics, there are other companies that make stuff like that. Like my Sega Classic was made by a separate company, but you can still plug in old games into it. My original theory was that the Nintendo Classic was being discontinued because the uh, they're coming out with the Virtual Console on the Nintendo Switch. Oh, and so you wouldn't need one anymore because you can that would download be cool. all those games. That'd be cool, but, but Nintendo no. is are being a bunch of jerks and because you can not... get old PlayStation games on the PS4. Oh yeah, for sure. You go to somewhere like Book Off or eBay, yeah. like you can find anything you want to. But, uh, yeah, it's just, it doesn't make any sense to me. This is stupid. Like I said, it's stupid. And upsetting. Very upsetting. So that completes the news for today. <laughs> and the rant. And the rants. Sorry, we got a little heated there. We got a little a, hashtag offended. For a moment, hashtag offended. Um, all right, so this has been the Morning Monitor for... Wednesday. Wednesday, April 19th, 19th. of the year 2017. We will see you guys next time. The year of offense. Oh, also, please subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, let us, you know, make make even if you don't watch it, at least you know, yeah, makes us you know, feel good it, about yeah. having subscribers. Follow us on Facebook at Humanican Media, Twitter Humanican Media, and uh, you know, stay tuned. We got a lot of other great podcasts coming at you too. Um, yeah, thanks a lot. Check out that Paramore song. Check out that Spider-Man. Paramore song. Help them out. They don't need it, but they don't need it. We would play it, but, but we would get in trouble. Yeah, we can't play it. Yeah, we can't play it. I mean, we could probably play it. We could. Nobody's technically stopping us but. Right, from creating our own cover. Yeah. I could put on a, a, a red wig, and Travis could play guitar. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we're in the business of creating misery for your senses. That would be very miserable. Yes, for everybody. To, to us people that can feel things it it, uh, it hurts